Today's daf in Mesechet Bava Metzia, brought to you me Ben Chomot Yerushalayim, is daf Beit. We begin a new Mesechet today, and so where Baba Kama dealt essentially with the interrelationships of damages to Balut, um, Bava Metzia deals with establishing Balut and the interactions of Balut in multiple ways. So it's possible for a Baal to give over part of the Baalut, let's say all the dinam of Shomrim. <coughs> so we have all the dinam of Shomrim here. If you show El, you become essentially a complete Baal, even like Gabi Yonasim. On the other hand, if you're a Shomer uh, that has less of an Afrayut, so you're only responsible as if you were a Baal in the event of Shia. But these are all essentially relationships in which I give over certain rights of my Balu to others. Now, this also involves, therefore, the, all of the dinim of contracts, because proof of Balut and the question of what precisely was given over in a contract, all of those kind of things are here as well. Other issues that impinge on the idea of Balut would include things like Arisut, Arisut is a sharecropping, right? So that's a semi-balut, in which I share a percentage, so to speak, of rights. And that, of course, we already had at the uh, transition between Baba Kama and Baba Mitzina. And Tosis points out that the transition here is also directly from some of the events in the... Uh, in the closing of Baba Kama, because when we were talking about a contractor, who I don't think that's a very good seat. Yeah, we're going to get bumped by. We're going to get bumped by everyone. Yeah. Um, right. I, this is free. This, yeah, I think this is free. It's, uh, it's dangerous, but you know. You learn to get used to it. <laughs> it's can't for me, but don't go like that. So, so we had over there cases of contracting. Let's say somebody was doing a job as a carpenter versus a tailor for somebody else. So there, there was questions: Who is the one that owns these pieces? So, as Tosis points out, that's a proper transition into a Masechet like Baba Metzia, which is dealing with the actual determination of who owns what. So, obviously, it's still not directly part of the original establishing of Balut, but uh, because it relates more to Geneva, taking something that isn't yours, which is one of the Nazikans, so that's part of Baba Kama. But that transition is a perfectly valid transition, which leads us to the other question, which, of course, is... This is the location for that question, and that would be why, as does ask about himself, why am I trying to give an explanation as to why we have a transition of the content of Baba Kama into Baba Metzia if you hold that if you hold that ain't Seder le Mishnah. And even if, I mean, you, you could tell me that Nezikin is one, considered to be one Masechet, but not everybody holds of that. So I want to make it clear that I am giving this explanation according to everyone. This we spoke about earlier, 
that there's two. Oh, actually, I was in Lavi, I think, when I gave that you. So, the idea over here is that even though it may be true that in Seder Lamishnah, and that that would be so even <coughs> Lagabe, the different Mesechtot, even in Nezikin, if you hold that Nezikin is not considered to be Kulachot Mesechtot, that has nothing to do with the issue of the organization of the Mishnah per se. The organization of the Mishnah per se is absolutely, that's the whole idea, is Seder. The din of Ein Seder the Mishnah relates only to the question of Machloket V'yachrekach Stam, or Stam V'yachrekach Machloket, which is not determined by the Seder in which the Mishnah was written, it's determined by the Seder in which it was taught. And since when it comes to the relationship of Rebbe with teaching, which is a completely different relationship to Rebbe as the Masader HaMishnah, because when it comes to teaching, by definition, you have to take into consideration your students. And since he has to learn what people feel like learning. So if nobody's in the mood for Bab Matziah, he won't be able to learn Bab Matziah. So how do we know he didn't learn Bab Matziah before he learned Bab Kama with his Talmudim, right? So in terms of Machloket V'yachar Kachstan, you can't rely on it. But in terms of the internal structure, obviously, they say to the Mishnah. And therefore, the, which is a beautiful, beautiful insight that the Fi'ut of the din, in terms of how do I say how do I say it over? If I say it over as a machlok, if I say it over as a that is not something that I am koveya in the seder of the Mishnah. That comes out in the teaching, because that's what's koveya at all times. The final word, so to speak, okay, so who are we saying it over as? So the, the fact that I find it here this way and there that way, if I don't know which one was said first, it's nothing that can be kavua in the Seder of the mission itself, which is shocking. But anyway, there you have it. So Tosus therefore gives, and he points out that the Gemara always does. The Gemara always says, you know, michti, Tana was in the middle of dealing with this. My time, why all of a sudden do we talk about this? <laughs> so that's in terms of the, of course there's a Seder, Bein HaMesechtot, but it has nothing to do with what I would teach. Okay? So now we begin, <coughs> therefore... It doesn't mean to be skipping straight to Balabatra now. Yes, actually. Why are you holding your bum in seal? Yeah, there we are. Why That's a wonderful question. <laughs> I think you ought to think about that question a lot. <laughs> That's a fantastic. That's a real Moshe kind of question. He wants me to be the one to explain why it's not that way. You know, so he can always throw it at me. I'm not. I'm not rising to the bait. <laughs> I want to know who gave him the weapon to shoot himself in the foot. <laughs> so what we have, therefore, at the beginning of Bab is the most obvious issue of Balut, and that is the assumptions of. Balut, right? Where, where do you have a right to assume Balut? The furthermost range of Balut is where we have absolutely no real possession. And that is part of Baba Basra, remarkably, because over there that's a takana that has to do with the assumption that if you've been here long enough, the other person would have complained and would have sued you. But that's a totally different kind of hazaka. 
So that Cheskas Abatim issue is not the Raya of Malut, real possession. Here we're talking about real possession. And therefore, <coughs> we say possession is half the law. So well, what nine tenths. Nine tenths of the law things. So so what defines real possessions? We've got a lot of different kind of questions. We have real possession in the sense of physical, actual holding on to something. And that's called that's the simplest kind of chazak. Now where somebody is holding on to something and someone says that's my thing, we completely ignore it. Because the that's person Right, well, Kamine, to say that that, that Yeah, yeah, it does, that's, that's part of what does this point out, but that's all of it. So you can't, you cannot lay claim to something that another person is holding, you know, unless you can prove that he stole it, of course, you can bring witnesses that he went into your house, took it from you, overpowered you, but there's no such thing as a balut uh, that proves that something is yours because something once was yours or something like that. Current possession is the law. Such so a possession is pretty much ten of the law. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you can prove that the possession was illegal. Right? So the so court... Metaltum, right. That's what I said before. When it comes to, there's no real possession of karka, and therefore that idea is in Baba Basra because it has to do with the interrelationship of punitive violence itself. But over here, we run into a question where two people are in possession. What do you do then? So, starting from point zero, how do we start from point zero? You have something that is essentially hefker, or something that is lost in a place where there's no fee of a vashava. So, let's say you're in an area which is completely ako, rubo ako. Over there, there's no din of vashava, and because of that, the moment that you pick the thing up, it's yours. Now, over here, two people have perhaps simultaneously picked up something. I mean, we don't know. Each one is claiming I was first. So here is a really perfect case for us to test the limits of physical possession. So if two people are actually holding on to the same thing. So up until the point that they're holding, there's no contest. So in other words, we could slice it, you know, gives you this half of the towel, give you that half of the towel. Of course, that wouldn't be very useful, like the baby. So we sell the baby, actually. We'd split, we'd split the value, you know. But how about if there's an area in which you're holding on to the part that you have gives you a certain level of possession? Normally, it would be full possession. You don't have to have a talus all wrapped up and putting your hands all around it for it to be in your possession. If you're holding on to the tzitzit and it's over your back, obviously talit doesn't literally mean talit. But let's talk about it as if you're holding on to tzitzit. So then it would be yours, but over here somebody's holding on to tzitzit on the other side. So now both of you claim this is mine. So then in that case, and that, that makes it easy to understand the mission. Otherwise we have to analyze... The Mishnah means two people holding on to a talit, ignoring the part that they're holding on to, which definitely is their own. So if one person has a quarter of it and one person has a third of it, then the only machloket is about the remaining area and about that. That's what they're going to split the other part. So to keep it easy, we'll talk about where they're holding the tzitzit, let's say. And that would have given them each, if no one else would have been their possession. Over here, you've got two people of equal possessions. We have a problem. So there are a number of different principles that come into play 
depending, and that's what our sugars are going to be going through, depending on the specifics of the situation. So that one of these is called all in Gava, which is, all right, fight it out. Bye. Right? Whoever manages to overpower the other one overpowers the other one. The other one is Sumchas is normal halacha, where you have a moment on mutal besafek, cholkim. So when we have no way of establishing possession, we would simply split it. Then we may have various takanot that would have to do with. I can't believe it. Oh, nothing, nothing. Just it's a brand new world with brand new exciting issues. And somebody actually has their eyes closed. They're so deep in thought, right across from me. <laughs> so anyway, let's take it from the top and take a look at how we... <laughs> you misread the first word. <laughs> the sleepless. There you go. All right, so just to clarify, the first word is Shnaim. Shnaim al Chazim Betalit. You have two people that are in possession of a Talit. They're holding on to it. So Mr. A says, I found it. The other guy says, no, I found it. Which seems to be completely redundant, as the Gemara will explore at length. So this one is claiming it's entirely mine. The other one is claiming it's entirely mine. So now we have a problem. As we shall see in the Gemara, what we're about to discuss in terms of a shvua is not really me'ikar hadin. However, where you have a situation like this, the Chachamim wanted the parties to have to swear in order to avoid situations where people will seek to create by fiat, this type of, of possession. Because what's to prevent me from walking over to you, grabbing your Gemara, you're holding on to the other half of the Gemara, and I say, this is mine, this is mine, you know, this is mine, this is mine, okay, let's go to court, and then we'll split it. Right? So we, we, have to, we have to make it, we have to make it uh, untenable to do that kind of thing, so that unless you have a real taina, this is not going to happen, and we do that, as it turns out, by forcing each party to have to swear. So you're not going to want to get involved in that. So, of course, we can't have you swear that it's entirely yours, as you're claiming, because we're not going to act on that shvua anyway. So why? We will never make you make a shvua on something that we're not going to act upon. We cannot have you make a shvua that says half of it is yours, because that's not true. You're claiming all of it is yours. But what we can do is we can have you make a negative sure. I do not have less than half of the ownership of this thing. So that way, what you will get when we split it is what you're swearing about, and you're not giving up on your claim. You're saying, I don't have less than half. So therefore, in this case, and we'll split it between them. Now, there are also cases where we will say the court will keep this until Elio arrives, and we'll talk about it then. There's another way to make things untenable. Problem is that it's a good way to get other people out of, if you want to take, uh, you want to deprive them of something. So, again, we'll have to discuss when we do what. 
<coughs> now, how about if one claims So how about if one of them only is claiming half of it? In other words, so he admits the fact that you picked it up also. We picked it up together, he says. You get half, I get half. No, you didn't pick it up with me. The other guy says, I picked it up entirely before you even arrived. You came a minute later. So, in that case, what are we arguing about? Well, one guy admits that the other guy owns half, so we're not arguing about that. We're only arguing about the other half. So, I claim the other half is mine, and you claim the other half is yours. But that translates into the first case. Zomer kulashalik, zomer kulashalik, about the remaining half. Right? So, basically, in terms of the entire thing, one of them is going to be getting a quarter. And the other one will be getting a quarter, except that that quarter becomes three quarters since we're agreed on the other half, okay? So in that case, the language of the Shvua changes, and therefore, so the Zelmer Chetzyashali, Omer Kulashali, Yishavashin Lapachot Halakim. So he has to swear that he doesn't have less than three fourths of the ownership, and the one who said, I admit half is yours, but half is mine he has to swear that he doesn't have less than a fourth of the ownership. So basically, it's exactly the same halacha, but since the court is going to be defining the ownership of the talit as a whole, because they're not walking in with a half a talit that they're arguing about, they're walking in with both of them in possession through holding on to a talit, therefore, this one swears no less than a quarter, and that's exactly what happens. Zenotel shloshach halakim, v'zenotel revia. Now, the same thing would be true in a case if you have two people that are riding on an animal that they claim to have found, or perhaps one is riding on the animal, so one is leading the animal with a string from the front, the other one is sitting on top of it and driving it, according to many Rishonim. Driving it means that they can't just be sitting passively on it. They need to be driving it, meaning guiding it with their feet. Because otherwise, yeshiva on something is not an act indicating possession. So they're doing something to the animal, one by sitting and guiding, and one by pulling on a string. So they're, one, they're, they're in control of the animal. Right. And both of them are in control. So this is the level of chazaka on the animal. So here too, zelmer kula shali, zelmer kula shali, here too, Zeishavashin Laba Pachot Pechetia, Zeishavashin Laba Pachot Pechetia, Veyach Loko. Now, in places where they are mode, and we'll see what this might be talking about, because if there's mode, then what are they arguing about? O Shiyesh Lehem Edim, or there are witnesses, that they, each one of them has witnesses then the shvu is not necessary. And they would be kolek below shvua. So there's many, many hanging issues in this Mishnah, which of course is what makes it all so much fun. And therefore, the Gemara begins now, it's nituach. So first of all, of course, the language is very disturbing. I mean, what is the point of saying two separate things? <clears throat> I found it, it's all mine. I mean, all you need to say is I found it, or all you need to say is it's all mine. I mean, obviously, if you found it, then it's all yours. So, why do we have two separate cases over here? Lamali lamitna zelmer animetzatia, zelmer animetzatia. Then we have case two, zelmer kolashalei, zelmer kolashalei. I mean, can't we just say one case? 
No, well, it is one case. The case is, and therefore Kula Shali, and therefore Kula Shali. Come on, but you're not answering anything. I mean, the question is not the separating it into cases. The question would be on the language itself. I mean, if it is one case, you're not making it better, you're making it worse. I mean, I thought maybe it was two cases. I mean, now you're saying, no, it's just one case. If it's just one case, then why do you need double language? But initially, and we'll see what we're going to ultimately come back to the point that Kumar took for granted at the beginning, is that the very fact that it's interrupted with words Ze Omer and Ze Omer means that it's two different cases. So trying to fetch that, no, no, it's really one case, in the end we're going to say, but anyway, that's ridiculous, it isn't one case. Okay, but first we're going to examine what would possibly be the verbal issues of one case, that we would repeat the implications of Animit Satyas, if in fact you're right and it's one case, so then all you need to say is Animit Satya. I mean, obviously, it follows from that, doesn't it? That Ani Adana, the Kula Shali, true. However, the Tana is interested in making certain that a particular halacha is understood. And that is, I saw it first. I saw it first. Does I saw it first have any legal implications? That is the question. Was it first grade? If I said, yes, of course, right? All interactions are first grade. Seriously. And that's why they call it first grade. Yeah. So, so on, actually, it's kindergarten. kindergarten yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. I needed yeah. to know, I learned in kindergarten. I mean, you weren't there for nothing, right? No, no, it's, it's helping me now with adults. There you go. Well, <laughs> exactly I the same. No, no. It it's takes exactly a long time day. for adults to catch up to kindergarten. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can't I argue that either. That, yeah, that, is, <laughs> that explains a lot. It's not true. Yeah, when did it start, actually? <laughs> Had I said, satia, then you might have misunderstood the words satia, meaning, I saw it first. So, my mitzatia re'itia. Meaning, I forgot the law, I mean, it doesn't have to be in my possession. It would be sufficient that Berea Ba'amakani. I could be Kona it just by seeing it first. Therefore, the Tana has to add Kula Shali to make it clear that what we're talking about is legal possession and not the question of who saw it first, which is irrelevant. So, Tana Kula Shali, the Berea Lokani. But didn't we just finish Babakama? Did you already forgot Babakama? I mean, how could you think that the word mitzatia means I saw it first? Did we not just have back in Babakama the Amar Ravnai? So remember, we had Mamish by the end of the Masechet, right? It's one week before we ended the Masechet. We had the question of whether there's a chiv of returning an Aveda to a Goy, which of course already impinges on our circuit, right? Because it has to be talking about a welcome of Goyim where there's no problem. Because what's the use of saying Animit Satya? Okay, so you go return it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank God, I thought I found it. 
So, so clearly what we're talking about, this is how the Rosh understands it, but clearly what we're talking about is an area that is not Mechaev returning. Now, the question, of course, of whether if this would be any other type of Metzia which ultimately becomes mine, ruins the whole signal. Ultimately meaning? Meaning we don't find the owner. We can't find an owner. It turns out it's not a... We thought it was a semen, but then it turns out in this area everybody has it. And so whatever the case would be. Yeosh? Or Yeosh. In other words, uh, the, all these kind of questions would have meant that the very fact that I picked it up doesn't automatically mean that it's mine, and therefore this whole thing becomes moved. So we need to discuss a place where a Metzia is Hefka. That's the point. If you're telling me that it's a mokum of Akum, then the Mitzi is after. Now, it's as if we picked it up from heaven. And we said before, right at the end of Babakama, we said perhaps the din of not returning a Mitzi to an Akum simply means that you don't have to pick it up. To be Torah, to pick it up. But if you already picked it up, mm-hmm. maybe you do have to return it. So then we said that if you're Mozart, Rav Nai explained that Achicha is referring to Jew and not non-Jew. And it says in the possible Matzata, which means it's already in your hands. Which would mean that the word Mitzatiu should mean it's already in my hands. On its own. Can't mean I saw it. That's his whole diak, and we accepted that at the end of Baba Kama. So why would, at the beginning of Baba Metziah, in exactly that case, why would the Tana find it necessary to address the issue? That really shows the depth of the connection. <coughs> so the Omer by definition, means <coughs> Come on. In obviously, mitzata unquote, in a posit, means that, yes, the atoliyadimashma. The Tana, however, is not bound by the language of a posit. The Tana uses common language, right? It's called Lishna the Almanachat. Since he uses it, people will often say, I saw it, which means I saw it first, so I found it. When people see something, they say, I found it, I found it, on Ashkechem. And <coughs> they would say that, <coughs> So had I read the Tana, I might have made the mistake of thinking that it is sufficient to establish a chazaka possession through Re'iyah. Then that Re'iyah is definitely Kona. So then, <laughs> we have to read Kula Shali to tell me that it's all mine means the Re'iyah Ba'ama Lo Kanila, and that teaches that it is not yours through Re'iyah. Ah, oh, man, I mean, so then just say the last part, what I did this whole... The, oh, you might misunderstand the first part, so I'll tell you the last part. So don't tell me the first part, for God's sake. Just say, It's ridiculous. So then, And then I don't need the whole jazz of Satya. Ah, because then you wouldn't be taught this halacha, would you? 
Let's say you just say, Kula Shali. So then I might have thought, Hava Mina, that in other locations where we talk about finders keepers, we mean seers keepers, right? So then any other place, the Bialmadikanimitsatiya, may mean that Bariya Baamakanim. Therefore the Tana takes it upon himself to establish once and for all Animitsatiya, and by the way that means Kula Shali, not enough to say just seeing it. From the very fact that I need a Mishnah Yatera, that proves that Re'i is not Kona. Okay, that was brilliant, except for one minor problem. The original attempt to turn two cases into one case is a failure. <laughs> okay, I, I see it. You worked it out very nicely. But let's get back to the contention. There's no way to read that the Mishnah is only talking about one case, because each one has a separate ze and ze. Ze omer x, ze omer y. Or ze omer x prime, ze omer y prime. Now, how can x equal x prime and y equal y prime? Obviously, it's two different cases. So we, we have ze ze katani, ze omer animetzatia, ze omer animetzatia, ze omer kuroshili, ze omer kuroshili. Which makes it very, very clear that we're talking about two completely different cases. Some say that it was just in passing, meaning without a clear name of a chacham. So, like nazva, kedi, just along the way, meaning that we don't have enough information. But kedi. So the Rasha, there's a mistaken belief that Rashi says that kedi is really the name of a chacham. There is no such Rashi. It's a misreading of the Rashi. So that never happens. Hmm? That never happens. Hmm. So what is that? That there's two cases. Reisha is talking about Mitziah, indeed. The Seifa is talking about a case in which you came into ownership through purchasing. Now we'll see how you could possibly have an argument like this in that case, because, I mean... There ought to be ways of establishing who purchased what. The safest talking and you'll ask, so what is the point? I mean, obviously, when we have two different cases, we need to justify needing two different cases, and we do. In fact, we do. Why do we need two different cases? Well, because itana mitziah. Let's say we would only have had the case of mitziah. Remember that we end up establishing that the reason for the shvua is only to make certain that we don't have a situation in which people go grab something that belongs to somebody else and say, it's mine. Well, people don't normally do that kind of thing, you know. But they will do that kind of thing when somebody picks something up a second before. I mean, come on. I mean, you found it. It's not costing you anything. I'm not taking anything from you. I mean, that. I saw it before you did. Called so, it. You know, yeah, exactly, called it, you know. So over there, people are more ahead there for themselves, right? So that's there for the Rabbanat, so that we can't have that kind of situation. And Mishum de Mori, since person is more ahead there, and he says, look, I mean, he's not losing anything. And if I take a little bit of it, I mean, come on, let's spread the good luck, right? So therefore, ease of the let me grab it now, even though I know perfectly well that he was there an instant before me. Lead Pollock by there, let me split it with him. So therefore, 
in order to avoid that, the Rabbanit said, well, if you want to claim that kind of thing, you're going to have to make a shvua. But, I mean, in a case of Mekah of a Memka, now how, how are you going to say such a thing? Now, obviously, obviously, whatever the case of Mekah of a Memka is, is not going to involve actual monetary loss. Because there's no way that two people could have paid for the same thing. Somebody's going to be getting their money back. So in the end, if we say yachloku, and we're going to talk about what the situation is, the purchase money is going to be refunded between the two of them. So you're not losing money. But you're losing something that you went to buy. It's a lot different than just having bumped into something. So in that case, what are you going to say? That this guy has been looking to buy this picture... So, okay, but he's going to get back his money anyway, so I'll take it from him. I mean, that's not to say, what are you going to say by the Mitzvah? You know, by the Mitzvah. I understand he's not losing anything. I mean, over here he is losing something. He's been trying to get this. He put down money for it, you know. And now I'm going to take it away from him and let him look around for another one. So maybe over there, Mekach Memkar, the Lekalamemrach, And on the other hand, if it's Mekach Memkar, perhaps it's only over there, the Ramush Rabban because over there, there's more heter in a different way. Namely, look, I'm paying for it, man. I mean, it's not, it's not as if he's losing anything, you know. So uh, he paid $20. I'm giving him the $20. So what do you want? So chavroi damika yoivana damika yoiv. Okay, so therefore, I need it right now more than him. I can sense that in my bones. So ashta detzricha ledidi. I really need this. I'll take it. Let him go find another one, you know. What are you going to say? Let him go and find another $100 million wallet. I mean, that's, sometimes it might be difficult to find that. So, so over there, nobody would be more a hatter. So, therefore, we need both of these cases. Now, this explanation is an explanation according to the way Rashi understands the suit. And that is, that involves, and you know what, I would like you to even look at the last few lines of the Rashi on Amidalev, because it raises a fascinating point. So, remember that here, Rav Papa, or Rav Barashi, had explained that there are two cases. One of the cases is Mitziah, the other case is Mekachumemka. Says Rashi, so However, says Rashi, you'll note there may be other ways that we could have established another case. But we don't, because it's only Mekach Vemenka. The reason is because all cases in the Gemara will only be dealing with Yachloka Bishua in cases where it may be that both are actually telling the truth. So in other words, it is possible that both of us picked it up together. So maybe it's true what I'm saying. You know, maybe in actuality, I think that I picked it up an instant before, whatever, we both lifted it together. So the yachloku may be true. And I'm not making you swear to something that you're not going to get. You're only swearing to the fact that it's not less than half. It may be true that each one has not less than half. So basically, we have no reason to say that someone is a liar and shouldn't be allowed to make a shvua, right? The same thing is true There may be a serious difference of opinion as to who the guy really intended to sell to, as we'll see. 
you know, so maybe both of them are Konah. But suppose we would have a case where starting from scratch is literal. This guy says, I knitted this sweater, and this guy says, I knitted this sweater. I mean, somebody is lying through his teeth, right? So in that case, lo yach loko. In cases where we cannot apply a shvua because somebody is definitely a liar, so how can we accept the shvua from a liar? In that case, the court won't give it to either of them. So therefore, the court has no right to hand it over to either of them, and now it's just going to have to sit here in the Tishbi Yitarit section. Because we're not going to let him make a this is now shvua. This is now an underground storage area in what used to be covered by glaciers, but is unfortunately rapidly losing its glacier cover and endangering the species together with all of these things that are actually But what can you do? Hopefully, as the Mishnah Bura says, by then there'll be a solution. So. Global warming? <laughs> is that what we're talking What's about? That? Global warming? Well, that's one problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, Tishbi has to deal with all kinds of issues. <laughs> but the, 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 we, we, we're, not, we're not going to let him swear because it would be a false swear. Because the guy's uh-huh. willing to steal the sweater. But he's not willing to swear falsely. <laughs> no, he is willing to swear falsely, and therefore we won't let him make a swear. That's how Rashi learns. Okay. Now, because of that, Rashi learns this piece is the question of the type of moraheter that you're going to be doing. Right? And therefore, in both directions, we have a different kind of moraheter. General, Shavu is made so I don't have to pay. The, the classic Shavu. Yeah, but this is not a classic Shavu. So this is a special takana to avoid people grabbing things from other people. So according to Rashi, we will not make this Shavu if somebody is a phony. We need to at least be able to support both. If we have have a phony, then we won't create the shua. Tosis disagrees with this fundamentally. The point of a shua, as Bobby just raised, is that somebody who's willing to lie about ownership is not willing to make a shua about that lie, even though he's a Rama. There's two levels of Rama Ut. There's Rama Ut in terms of Momon, and then there's Rama Ut in terms of making a shua. So therefore, according to Tosis, it's exactly the same case if the guy definitely doesn't believe that what he's saying is true. We can still be Ram Yeshua-like. That, that, that isn't the question at all. So according to Tosis, we could have said any of the other cases. However, starting from, from scratch begins. Because somebody, the Klal is, Choshida Momona, Lav Choshida Shuasa. So just because you're ready to take somebody else's money doesn't mean you're willing to swear to that fact. I mean, you know, basically this is a principle of law all over people. You know, we assume even in civil law that is, I swear yeah, to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what are we asking you to do that for? You're already a phony or whatever. I mean, we believe your tax evasion and so on, so it's going to help that you're swearing on the Bible. Apparently it will help. Okay, fine. In any, in any event, so according to Tosfus that the, the idea of a year is that you may actually 100% believe your shvua. 
That's the difference. And, and therefore, in the case, in other words, if you would have said Mitzia, over there I would say he is 100% clear that his friend picked it up first, and nonetheless he's taking it. So if you're Ramush so then he won't do that. But in the case of Mekahu Memkar, I would have thought that it's very possible that he doesn't know. If he was Tafisit, he may actually think, okay, I believe this guy agreed to sell it to me and not to the other guy. And therefore, what would be the point of breaking a Shrua? Because why would he be poor and should not do it if he thinks he's swearing correctly? Since it is possible that he's swearing correctly. So it's a completely different approach. Because according to Rashi, according to Rashi, the issue always is we've got to be, we've got to be able to support both shruas. If somebody is, is a Ramai, then we can't support both shruas. Okay. In any event, slightly different way of understanding the three chasa. But bottom line is, we have two separate cases. Now, the question is, how can you have a case where we're arguing about who bought it? I mean, can't we just go over and ask the seller who we sold it to? So, when you say Mecca, who Mecca? Lixis is I mean, I understand that this guy accept money. Who, who paid? No, obviously, both people paid. What, this guy, Ghanem? Uh, I understand. He took money from two people? No, actually, what happened is a guy bought it. And then someone else comes along, right? And he says, no, you're selling it to me. You're not selling it to him. Mm-hmm. No, but I already agreed to sell it to him. I mean, I'm, I'm holding his cash. No, 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 no. Here's my cash, okay? So now one of them is Midaite. The other one is a, is a tough customer, as they say. Well, yeah. But, but Chad is Balkorche. Over here, he doesn't actually take it from the person. He's trying to establish in advance that you're going to sell it to me and not to him. So now you're holding both of our monies. So now we ask the guy, so which one was the one you wanted? I don't, know, I don't remember now. The whole thing was so disturbing. So, I'm ready to give the money back to let them fight it out between themselves. So in effect, the court is going to split the money that he returns between them. And therefore, it's the equivalent of the case of the Mitzia. Now the problem is, that we have a similar situation in which we needed two people to swear, and one of them was definitely swearing illicitly. Now, that was the famous case that we dealt with, which was the guy makes the mistake of telling the Makolet that my kid is going to be coming later today. Please give him a hundred shekel, and I'll pay you back. No. Give him a check. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Food, but you know, give it to my kid. Okay. So you come back later that afternoon, and the Balamakola says, "Okay, you know, I give your kid a hundred shekel. So where's the hundred shekel you owe me? Uh-huh. You call up your kid. I never went into the Makola. Uh-huh. 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 Saw it coming. Right? Saw it now coming. it gets even worse when it's not your kid. It's your Pauline. So now you call up the Makola. This guy's working for me. I owe him a hundred bucks." Would you please pay, and I'll pay you back. The guy says he never paid me. The Balamakolot said, well, you're nuts. I pay. You trusted me to pay him. I paid him. Now give me my hundred bucks. Now both people are going to be suing 
The guy, this guy says, I work for you, I want my hundred bucks. And the Malamakowitz says, I put out hundred bucks for you, I want hundred bucks. So now you're going to be paying double. So over there... <laughs> too, bad, too bad Trump is Jewish. If Trump was there, it wouldn't be a problem at all. He wouldn't pay him. Did they say that? Do I detect a hidden Hillary supporter? No. <laughs> They're both terrible. <laughs> so now, what's that? Maybe he existed only in his mind. <laughs> so, in any event, the Chachonim say over there, okay, but they can't just take. I mean, we make a sure assessment that they swear that we did take it, we got the money, you know, and the Balabakolet swears I paid the money. So at least the two guys are going to be suing him. At least make them swear that they got it. You know, he's going to pay double now. Benana says, you can't make a shrua when somebody's saying a shrua shav over here. So, I mean, basically, Kate said, how is that supposed to work? You know, if you have that over here, both of them are claiming from the Balabayat. They're nishboyin the notlim. So how can you make it in a case that you're going to have two people having to swear where there's definitely a shur shav that's involved? So therefore, he says, then they have to spl- they have to pay without the shvur in this case. We have no way of assigning a shvur. So how are we doing that over here? So apparently the mission is not like Ben Nanas, but fairish, right? Yeah, but it's a shuas hesed, so we don't call it. A, it's true. Okay, it's a loose lush. Says what does it have to do with our Mishnah? Over there, for sure, somebody's going to be making a shuas din. But Haka, I mean, maybe both of them are saying the truth. Both of them lifted it up simultaneously. So, what's the problem? Even bananas wouldn't have said, you can't make a takana, where you're going to be a mitakena shua sheker, not true. There's no shua sheker. Now, the very fact that I mean a shua, though, is a problem. Because according to Sumchus, the general halacha is that if you have mamona mutal besafek, you're cholkin. And cholkin never requires a shua. So how come all of a sudden we need a shua over here? So there we have that wonderful case, let's say an exchange of two items, one of which was pregnant, and now we come and we find that the pregnant is no longer pregnant, and now there are two where before there was a pregnant one, and the question is, who is the owner of the little one? Because I have no idea, and nobody has any idea, you know. So over there, we don't know who owns it, so we split it. Nobody makes a shua. So why don't we say, here too it's without a shua? Must be, it sounds like someplace. What do you mean? Must be thought like sumchus. So you make it even worse. So what is it? It's the rabbanon. The rabbanon say amotzi mechavero all of araya. Okay, you need aidim, and here it says cholkim. How would the rabbanon say cholkim? You can't be cholik according to the rabbanon. Amri amotzi mechavero all of araya. No, for heaven's sake, you're not thinking properly. I'm my. What kind of time is that? I amit bishlem rabbanon. 
if you're willing to go along with my saying it's not Sunkas and it is the Rabbana. Obviously, we have a special situation over here where we have two contradictory possessions. Motsimi Chavero means I'm taking it out of your possession. But that's where I don't have possession in this case. I do have possession. So maybe that's the point, the Rabbanon hold. One party in possession, Hamotzibi Chavero Olavariah. Two parties in possession, Chokin with a Shvua. But according to Sumchus, where the heck would the Shvua come from? If he says you're Chokin with an Shvua, that's what I'm saying. So you have Bishlama Rabbanan, so Hatam Dudlo Tavsid Tarvayu. So of course, there's only one possessor. But in this case, where you have two people in possession, the so then I can understand that this Mishnah would be going, I'll leave it to Rabbanan, and they would pagala b'shvua. But if you're going to tell me that it's going according to Sumchas, how do you explain the Shvua? If even in a case where there is no possession at all, such as the case of the barter, I mean, the very fact that I'm tough gives me a stronger right to the thing, and therefore, why in the world would I have to be Nishba? The normal thing is that I'm choking without a shvua. So apparently, our Mishnah only goes, I'll leave it That would explain the shvua. No, no, says the Gemara, not necessarily. You're putting together different cases. Let's say it's Sumchus, okay? Sumchus is cases where nobody knows. Right? So here we have an exchange. It was a barter. There was nobody present. The Pora gave birth sometime in the past day between the barter and now when I'm coming to take possession of my Pora and discover that there's a newborn and I have no idea where that newborn, nobody knows. So, when? when? Was it before the barter moment or after the barter moment? So over there, you've got a Shema Veshema situation. But over here, you have two parties. Both are claiming complete rights. Kula Shali, Kula Shali. So maybe in that case, because of the interaction between them, he never said that you would be Chalik without a Shru. Lo Amar. Okay? That's a possibility. But what about according to Rabbi Baravuna, who insists that Sumchas' din is said even in a case of Bari Vabari, my Ikelamema. Even so. Even so. It's a totally different situation. Afilu tema Sumchas. Kiyomar Sumchas heicha di ike drora de mamona. Avalecha de leke drora de mamona lo. Sumchas was only talking about cases where there is a drora de mamona. Now, drora de mamona is one of those terms that is up to grabs between many, many different shittot. The most reasonable shita in our sutya is to understand Drora de Mamona as Tosus does, which is to read it as a natural flow of money, meaning that in a case where a case is brought to court and the Problem exists because of the claimant, each one claiming something different. There is no natural flow of money. There is an artificial situation that the court needs to deal with because of the claims, but it's not prima facie. I don't see it. In the case of the barter, if there were no claimants and the court walked along, they would say, oh my gosh, we got a problem. 
Wonder who owns this. Let's split it. So in cases like that, where the case is behind of you to split something, it's nothing to do with what anybody says. There, we understand there is no way to know. There's no way to know. Fine, so I need to establish who an owner is, so therefore I split the ownership, which is entirely different from a case where we have claimants. So maybe that's the point. There's nothing to do with Simchus' Taina, because Simchus wasn't talking about a case where you don't have a natural flow of the money. That's one approach. Okay? To which the Gemara asks, well, I mean, it's a lovely difference, but it's in the wrong direction. And by Chedekal If in a case where you have drawer de Bamona equal to each side, Ika drawer de Bamona Lamar, Vika drawer de Bamona Lamar, and you could say, Ika Lamar Kula Lamar, Vika Lamar Kula Lamar, it's possible that over there, and it's fact not only possible, it's necessary over there, it belongs entirely to A. No, no, it belongs entirely to B. All right? Let's throw some dice. I mean, but somebody is basically going to be losing out, right? And Sumcha said, split it, which means nobody is getting the right thing. And nonetheless, he said, split it. And he split it without a shvot. So he says, well, So over here where there is no natural drawer de Ramona, and therefore, since it's only the fact that each one is claiming that it's mine, I mean, as far as we're concerned, two people holding on to something may in fact be half yours and half his. So I mean, there's much less of a reason for us to have a shvua. Over here, the Yachloku would supply everyone with what? is actually theirs. So obviously in that case, some of us would have said, so I don't understand why you're making it better. You're making it worse. This explains, this reading explains Drora de Mamona according to how Rashi uses the word Drora de Mamona. Rashi understands Drora de Mamona means a flow away from you of money, meaning you're going to be losing money. So in other words, in the case of Sumchez, somebody is in danger of losing all his money, or losing half of his money. So if I say, Yachloku, I'm losing half of my money. Definitely. Definitely. Right? So there's a drawer of the Mamona. Have you claim? Yeah. No, half of my ownership. I owned it. Now, I, I definitely owned it. Right? Somebody. So I've got I've got a chisaron of mamon that's going to be established. Translation of Jura. Jura, hard to know. I'm calling it I'm calling it a flow, right? In other words, something that is dari dari, so to speak. Like we think. Okay. Yeah. Like, fine. So it would be a, a chisaron of mamon. So this is that's Rashi's pshat. Okay. Ramban's pshat. He doesn't like any of these pshat. Ramban says the pshat in Ramban. Ramban understands drora de mamona as a linkage of money, meaning the money will naturally flow to me because I have an actual claim. So in the case of Sumchus, we have two strong claimants. I owned this, and nobody is disagreeing. I owned this cow when it was pregnant. So I have a chazaka of ownership on it. The other guy is also 100% an owner. I own this cow currently. 
Absolutely. So that, and we're not arguing about the ownership. So we're, we're only arguing about the way in which that ownership reflects upon the child. Okay, so that's something else. I mean, over here, we don't have any established ownership from before. We don't have any claims other than the claim that is being currently presented to the court. Whereas over there, we had well-established basis for claims. That's how he understands Rodemona. Again, Rodemona appears in many, many cases. We're not going to have to keep our mind open to these three approaches and to other approaches as well. But all of those approaches work out fine in our story, yeah? And therefore, it should be a Kalvachomer. Then in the case of the Metzia, for sure, Subchus should agree that it's Momonamotobosafik and Chokim Beloshvuah. So how do you explain the fact, Acha, where you have Leka Dror the Molana, Tikalena Tarvayri, Lokoshikain? Obviously, Subchus would have said that, well, you should be Chaylek Beloshvuah. Says the Gemara, that's all true in terms of legalities. Who's to say that the Shvua is part of the legal claim? This Shvua is a precaution. It has nothing to do with establishing ownership. It's to prevent these, what do you call these, nuisance claims. That's the point. So how do we prevent nuisance claims of this type? Mm-hmm. So Shvua is that's all we need is have every idiot who wants to comes into court holding on to another guy's thing. So in order, in order to make it not tenable, we impose a shvua. But this has nothing to do with the normal din where it doesn't come from that type of claim, like Sumbhus' case, obviously in that case, what's, what's their place for a shvua? So over there, Chokim a lovely beginning to an exciting new world. then they're choking below Shvua. Now, let me let me meet the Zelmer on Yimitzatia, the Zelmer on Yimitzatia, Zelmer Kulashali, Zelmer Kulashali. Just say one of these cases. It is Choda. Zelmer on Yimitzatia and Kulashali. Zelmer on Yimitzatia and Kulashali. Come on, man. So then just say on Yimitzatia and a Yadana de Kulashali. Because it's on Yimitzatia. Have a mean of my Mitzatia be itia. And thinking that nonetheless there will be some kind of Kenyan Berea Ba'amakani. Tana Kula Shali, to make it clear the Berea Lokani. means The Omar by definition means Mashma. Of course that's what it means in the Apostle, for heaven's sakes. In Mitzata Dekra means Mashma. Listen to the Amanakat. Do people say Anashkechet? Yes. 
Yes. Can you maybe shoot the people smoking out there? Therefore, let's make it very clear. From the very fact that we have... Now, it's coming in through there. From the, from the very fact that Twice. You're right. And the cases are required. Well, listen, Chavroi Labmir Chasraba. I mean, why don't we spread the good news? Ezel itvitz vapit paleg bade. Mashenke banekachum memkar lekalamimra achiyemalo. Vitan mekachum memkar. I'm going to say the Buddha Ramo Rabbanetshvala Mishum Demori Dama Chavroi Dami Koyevana Dami Koyevana. Who needs it more? Okay. Let him go buy another one. What am I going to say? Go find another wallet. What does Mekachomemka mean? Why don't we just say, Well, obviously, not going to be Tavayo. Michad Midate, that he wanted to sell to. Michad Baal Korchei, Okay, let me ask this to look at Ben Nanas, because according to Ben Nanas, we can't do this with a Shua. Ketzer Deyel Veilo by the Shua Shav. Now, if you look at Ben Nanas, Hatam Vada Yikah Shua Shav, I'll show you in here, of Yikah Lameh, but I'll look at Shua Shav, because Emer Tarvayah Badeh Adon Yag Be'ua. Let me ask this to look at Sumchus. Yikah Sumchus, Samar Mumana Mutah Basafah Kibbalo Shua. So what the heck are you saying, that it's Rabbanan, that makes it worse, not better? I mean, they say, I'm much better all of Come on, you could say that in a case, the rule is, and then in this unique case where two people are in possession, so the Rabbanan would say, if under normal situation, you're hoping below well, it could be. It works out like Sumchus too, because Kiyomer Sumchus Shema V'Shema. I mean, that's that's that famous case of the cow that gave birth. But Bori V'Bori, <coughs> maybe he wouldn't. Well, the Rabbah Baravuna, the Omer Omer Sumchus, absolutely. Even in the case of Bori V'Bori, how are you going to say? Okay, I'll say something else. I feel the same as Sumchus. Kiyomer Sumchus Hechadi Ika Drora De Mamona. Well, I feel like a Drora De Mamona. Lo. On the contrary, because you could say it's Kula Lamar, you could say it's Kula Lamar, so somebody's losing. And nonetheless, Amar Samchus, Momana Mutabasafik Hokim Baloshua, Hakadoleka Drawer the Mamana Dikalamin with Tarvayoi, Lokoshike. True. Okay, it's another approach. I feel the same as Samchus, the Shua here may have nothing to do with establishing the ownership. This is a new day. Shua Zumin Rabbonan Iker of Yochanan. Yomar Rabbi Yochanan Shua Zah Takadat Chachamim to avoid these frivolous claims. Shlo Yekol Echad Yechad Olech V'Tokev B'Tali Toshe Chaviron V'Omer Shalim. Good morning. Today is the first day of the second Pope of Mitzian. 
We're going to begin Shreyim Ochazim, the first parak. Today is also the 18th day of the Yomer, Tavshin Samachtet, and we're ready to move. Now this Mesechet, hmm. so Sava Josh isn't here, so I'll have to do the flank on the Helik and Mesechet. Hold on. This Mesechet is coming to define, not torts and damages, but rather the nature of the determination of the Ba'alut or something. And in order to start off with a blank slate, the best way to discuss Ba'alut is Ba'alut without a history. And the best place to discuss Ba'alut without a history is two people picking something up out of nowhere. Nobody owns it. Now we're going to establish what exactly to do when we get into arguments about Ba'alut. Now we're going to see, as we go through the Mesechta, that there are no less than seven different situations, depending on the type of Chazaka that we're dealing with. It's only on the top of the real estate which is a completely different issue, which we discussed in Baba Batra. But where we're dealing with metatolin, we have seven different situations based on the levels of chazaka, the levels of the mutual interaction, and the specific kindness. In some of these cases, we may paskin called olin gova, but we have no way of ascertaining. Some of these cases, we may paskin yachloku. Some of these cases, we may paskin shudah dayan. Some of these cases, we may paskin amatimechavel of arayim. And so on and so forth. It's an extremely complex situation that the Gemara is going to force us to tease apart by analyzing the various Rishnas until we get clear what the levels of Balut are and the assumptions of Balut are. So we start off very easy. We start off with, as I say, an open slate. We have a Balut that comes from nowhere. People pick things up. Now, obviously, the permutations of those seven basic situations are... <laughs> way up there. So we get into, into innumerable permutations. But those are the basic cases and we start with We have two people who walk into court. Both are holding equally a talent. So here we begin with the source of the Balut is claimed from simply the fact that I picked this up. We have nothing to discuss about the past. We know only that what we see is a combined Chazaka, which is rather confusing. I mean, it's it's one item. Two people are holding it. Each one claims they've picked it up from nowhere. What is the meaning of that separate case? And it could have been exactly the same case. We will see. Each one claiming it's entirely mine. What we do is we have them at least swearing, not in a way that would lead them to definitely swearing falsely, because the possibilities are A picked it up and B came to grab it from A. B picked it up and A came to grab it from B. Or A and B actually picked it up simultaneously. Now, if each one of them will say, look, not, certainly not less than half is mine, they may both be telling the truth. So that means we're not being Machayev a Shvua that is going to bring out somebody lying. Why we're Machayev this Shvua? We're after saving Gemara. There doesn't seem to be any basis to a Shvua. We are not being mochi from anybody else. There's no witnesses. That's a curious situation, a Shvua here, to be discussed. So each one now makes a shvua that they don't own less than half of this talit. And that way, they can split it down the middle. Obviously, it's best to split it with the value, as Shlomo Amalek pointed out. <laughs> How about if each one has a claim to it, but one of them admits that the other guy's claim is certainly partially true, in that uh, you, know, you, you definitely own more than I do in this, but uh, I own half, you know, and you, uh, what you're saying I admit to, you don't admit to anything, I, you're the guy that's in a better shape, but I say that chetzia so in other words, basically, what we did over here is, I'm claiming, look, you know, I picked it up, but uh, I only did it simultaneously, but I only held on, the other guy says, I had the whole thing, you came and grabbed the piece, so in that case, we can't take a shvua that he doesn't have less than chetzia, because, again, 
We're only going to be giving him half of the part that they're arguing on. They're arguing on half, basically. So what we do over there is, now you think for a moment that what we do over there is, okay, we've dispensed with the half. Now let them swear about the remaining half. I don't have less than a quarter, than half of that, which is a quarter of the whole. Now I don't have less than that, but that's not what we do. In fact, what we do is that each one swears as to what it is that the court's going to be rewarding him. So this one, the one who said that Kula Shali, Omer Kula Shali, has to swear that certainly not less than three quarters is mine. And the reason that we do this, says the Rush, and not simply have them swear about the part that they're arguing about, is because in that case, if the man would be taking the Shvua only about that half, it's easy for him to lie. Shvua doesn't mean anything to him. Because he says in his heart, but the other, the other guy's also that half is mine. So my kavan is really that half. I mean, we're not arguing about that part. So the Shvua, in that case, doesn't exert any pressure on him. So he, therefore, discusses the all amount so that he can't be more ahead to himself. Now, the same thing would be true if you have two people driving a jaguar. One guy is riding, and one guy is leading an animal. There, too. There, the chazok of the animal consists of those situations, either the leading or the driving, and therefore, Zei Yishev HaShem Lebab Pachot Bechetziah, Zei Yishev HaShem Lebab Pachot Bechetziah, and Yachu Now, Bizman Shei Modim, in a case where they're agreed that they've, they've done it together, or Shiyesh Lem Eidim, then Chokim Belo Shvuah, which seems to be obvious, and I was going to question what exactly the point is. Yeah, what, what are we discussing? What are they arguing? And if they're both agreeing. <coughs> says the American, let's, let's start at the beginning. What is the point of having two different cases? One that discusses Arimet Satia, and one that discusses Kula Shali. So, Lomali Lamit Nezeomer Arimet Satia, Nezeomer Arimet Satia, and then says Zeomer Kula Shali, Nezeomer Kula Shali, and say one case. Why don't we just have one case? Says the American, it is one case. You're misreading it. Chara Katani. What he's saying is, Arimet Satia, and therefore Kula Shali, Nezeomer Arimet Satia, and therefore Kula Shali. Ah, come on, that's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, if a guy is saying animitzatia, he's saying kulashali. What's the point of just blabbing on? So then, litnei animitzatia. Va'anaya danada kulashali. I understand that he's claiming it's his, don't I? No. You see, because itana animitzatia. Havamina maimitzatia reitia. People generally say, I saw it first. Now, halachically, I saw it first is irrelevant. The question is, who took it first, not who saw it first. So if I would have said animitzatia, I might have thought that when you're talking about finders keepers, what you mean is, the guy who spots it first. And no further Kenyan had to be done. No Maisa had to be done. So I might have thought, if he said the Animitzatia, that he would have meant Reitia. And therefore, even if he hadn't done anything to make it his, since it's Hefker and it's Mitzia, the discovery itself gives you rights. And Bria Ba'al Makoni, which is why Tanakula Shali, you have to add now that taina to make it clear that you're talking about having done something to make it yours besides just seeing it. And there's no way of now mistaking the re'iyah as what is meant for the mitziah. He said, well, how could you think that? We were just discussing a similar case. How could you think that the meaning of I found it is I saw it. One of the closing things that we learned in Babakama is that that's not true. Because we had over there the halacha of, we were talking about Metziah of an akum, but you're supposed to give it back. So we darsh the Pesach over there that it says the the avidat achicha. Avidat achicha is not akum. So the Gemara there entertained the notion that maybe that's only a reference to v'yit In other words, you can be mit'alem. It says, lo tuchal 
Okay. So the lotu chali talim would mean from a guy you don't have to pick it up. But once you pick it up, you can't keep it. How do I know that you even can pick it up? Lichat chila amanat, not to give it back. There's no here. So there we said, now let's look inside. The Omer Avnoi, there Avnoi said, because the word, the kolavidat achicha asher tovad mimenu umitza'ata lotu chali talim. The word mitza'ata means you already picked it up. So it can't be that it's only a reference to saying, well, you can turn aside and pretend you didn't see it. You're holding it. That's the mitzahata. And that means that the word mitzah means the atali adei mashma. means it already came into your hands. So how could I have thought, if I would have simply said to the Mishnah, shnayim ochazim etalit, ze omer ani mitzatiyah, that that would mean I saw it. If the word mitzatiyah means, halakhically, I picked it up. He says, well, come on, of course. We're not arguing about the fundamental meaning of the language, the way it's used in the Pusik. But in a Mishnah, the Tana doesn't use the word the way it's used in a Pusik. He uses the vernacular. So if the Tana would have said the word Mitzatiyah, and generally people will argue about, I saw it first, thinking that that is Mitzatiyah. So the problem of it is, Tana doesn't follow the real meaning of a word as it's defined in the Torah. People, when they see something, they immediately jump up and say, wow, I found an, an ashtafi. And therefore they think, you might think we would have just said that. You would actually be Kona, and that is a proper Taina. Therefore, we have to clarify that there's an additional Taina. I did something other than simply seeing it. So then, I mean, why talk about it? They aren't even satiyah at all. Just, if you're coming to discuss who owns something, then just discuss who owns it. Um, one guy walks into court saying it's entirely mine, the other guy says it's entirely mine, and, and so on. So then, as the Gemara, the litany, just say the words, kula shali, velo boy, satiyah. We wouldn't need to discuss mitziyah, would we? Yeah, that's true. But I mean, itani kula shali. Hava amina, that the alma ditani mitziyah, briyaba alma kani. Tana ani mitzatiya. The point over here is that if we hadn't said the case of animitzatiya, I would have thought that indeed in cases of being Zosha from Hefker with the Mitzia, that the discovery of an object that doesn't have an owner gives you the closest relationship to the object, which ipso facto turns you into the owner. Kamashmal and that ownership, not only transfer of ownership, but that ownership is initiated by an action and not by simply the knowledge of it. So if we're starting, as I mentioned, with the Tabo Rasa here, then we have to start with the Metziah. And I have to let you know that law, that ownership does not come from just the relationship of knowledge. It's fascinating, of course, because the original meaning of Baalut is that. Adam Yada et Chava is indeed the, the nature of Baalut. You might have thought that Re'ia per se is sufficient, but it's not. This reflects back to the original Re'ia of the Yitzhadat in the first place. Those, those issues are sort of under the surface. Okay. So we now know from the Mishnah Ah, that's the point of the double Lashem. So said, well, that's ridiculous. How can you say that that's the meaning of the Mishnah? Had the Mishnah said, two people walk in, this one said, I found it and it's mine. 
And the other one says, I found it and it's mine. Fine. Then you could say that's the point of the Mishnah. The Mishnah states two cases. It says, Zelmer What's the Zelmer jazz? I mean, that's indicating we've got two separate cases over here. Not that it's all one statement, right? So how can you say that? Can you possibly force that kind of explanation into a Mishnah? That it's Chodakatani? The Mishnah goes into two separate clauses. It's unacceptable to say that that's one case. Omer of Papa, Barashi, or other savers, just somebody, Kedi, actually, Kedi is the name of somebody. Actually, you're right. There are two separate issues in this mission. One is talking about the ultimate Tabla Rasa. I pick it up from Africa to Mitzia. But there is an additional place where we start from nowhere. And this is a classic. Two women are sitting fighting over the same hat in Macy's. This one says, I bought it. The other one says, no, I bought it. Now, who is the one who picked it up first? Everybody's going to say, what do you mean? I mean, who's got the cash register? Why, what are we arguing about? But indeed, the second case is talking about Mecca Chumetka. And we need to know that in both cases, we apply this curious halacha of the Shvua and the Yachaloku. And the reason that we need to know both cases is because Itana Mitziah, let's say it would have said, only the case of picking it up from the Hefka. Hava mina Mitziah with the Rami Rabban and Shvua Alei. There's a certain level of assumptions about human intercourse. Two people are holding the same thing. They each have a chazaka on it. Mi'ikar hadin, the chazaka, gives them presumptive rights of ownership. And therefore we should say, look, basically you're coming along holding something. Whatever you hold is yours. What's the difference whether it's half of something? So then that half is yours. It's really not an issue. The whole place of the shvua over here is a little bit strange. But since we're coming with a mitziah, now a mitziah represents a very interesting opportunistic moment. You see somebody pick something up. He didn't pay anything. It isn't really his. There's no history to the ownership. Why in the heck should he be the guy that gets it? I mean, why can't we split it? And I, I even saw it first. It's worse than that. He got there first. I saw it first. You're telling me that the normal reaction is not to run over and grab it and say, I saw it first. Yeah, well, I got it first. Yeah, well, I got it first. Ah, so now we've already come into bed, and now both of them are saying, I got it first. And over there, we don't say that there's a presumption of a particular type of honesty where an ownership is being created at that moment. So over there, perhaps the reason that the shvua appears, clearly the shvua cannot exist in the right There's no such shvua. How would we have a shvua like this? What would be Machaya for shvua? So clearly it's a takadid rabbanan. So perhaps because of the fact that the ownership is coming opportunistically. Okay, so Mitsihu the Ramarabana Shvua Ale. Because the person has a tendency to be more heter to himself and to say, look, Chavrai Lav Bide Chasa. He's not going to lose anything. I mean, I'm going I'm to let him get away with half of it, you know? But I did see it first. I mean, why should he get it? Say he's an artist. Look, I'm going to grab it. At least that way we split it. And, and that's much more fair. Win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Win-win. Exactly. So if he thought like that day, let me swear it. Let me, I mean, let me, uh, let me grab it. So therefore, the Rabbanan said, well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to be willing to back up your words by taking a shvur. Eh, forget it. That. Therefore, Mecca Now, how's a guy going to, going to say that to himself when it comes to Mecca Mecca Humemka, I mean, what are you going to say? It's not opportunistic, is it? I mean, so over there, like a Lamehma Hachi, to aim alone. So over there, perhaps the Rabbanu wouldn't even have required a Shua, and we would have followed the general rules of presumptive, presumptive Balut that results from being Muchzak in something. Yeah. The Ochazim is Muchzak, by definition. As opposed to many of the other cases that we've had, that we already know about those cases, where only one party is muhzar, like the case of Shoshana we find the Vlad Vitsidai, or whether where a third party is muhzar, where something is an escrow. Now we don't know who is the one who gave it to the third party. There's many, many 
different ways in which this kind of situation would be entirely different, although the timings may be exactly the same, because the presumptions would be different, right? Okay, and those are the things that we're going to have to clarify. But in this case, where you're most the eager that it's yours, by the way, also, not to be confused with the yachloku, that may come because Bezit doesn't know the halach. These tainas are tainas that are sim- simple tainas, based on the din of the chazarka itself. There are other cases of yachloku that come, as Tosus points out, from Sveika to Dina. There's big differences between the two. Because in a case where it's suffolk, if someone will grab it, we can't be mozi We don't really know what to do. In this case, we are determining true ba'alot, not suffolk ba'alot. It's absolutely no difference if at this point somebody goes and grabs it. What are you, crazy? We know that that part is in yours. You weren't most it before. You can't grab the talton that was in somebody else's hands. So Tfisa, when we get a difference, Tfisa only makes a difference where there's a problem being most. Because again, I just brought up four other different types of cases that are similar. So now, in a case in Mecca where the case is that it's not opportunistic, then maybe we're not going to make him... On the other hand, let's say we would only have said the case of Mecca Chumemka. So, so then I would have said, The reason that the Rabbanim forced him to swear, both parties to swear, is Mishum Demori the Omar is because he's going to say, look, we both paid. We're going to see that it's talking about that they both pay. One of them is going to get their money back. Okay? I am running to a wedding. That's exactly the hat that I need. I ran in here to Macy's. Miraculous that we find the hat. This woman is shopping. She needs to have like a hole in the head. She'll get a hat next week. Let her go to Macy's uptown. Right now, I need the hat. There's no reason why she should get the hat more than me. We're both going to give money. So therefore, in this case, I need the hat right now. I'll take the hat and let her buy the hat uptown. So I mean, it's a function of Tircha. I'm not taking anything. When it comes to a Metzia, what am I going to say? Let her go and find this Jaguar uptown. I mean, over there, I'm really taking something that they're not going to have another opportunity to get. I mean, over there, I understand that I feel I'm taking something away. Over here, it's really just a matter of tirah. So, I need it. For that, I'm going to be more ahead. So, in that case, he certainly can't say, let her go uptown and find herself a Jaguar. So, they maybe in that case, a person wouldn't lie. And they're up on We're not going to make you take a shua. So, therefore... But come along now to tell me the Mishnah, the Chidushim, in both of these cases. I don't understand this like this. What, what, what is that supposed to mean? Two people are sitting in Macy's, arguing about who bought something. Why don't we just find out? So, who, who paid? What does that mean? No, no, it happened over here. We go to the cash register. So the lady behind the cash register says, look, I don't know what's going on over here. One of these women came over and paid me. The other one said, no, it's mine. Slam the money there and put it in the cash register. Both of them paid. I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to give one of them back the money. You're probably going to give the money back to me. So, it's talking about Michad Midate. Michad Baal Korche. Velo Yadano Miu Midate. Umiu Baal Korche. We don't know. Now, Rashi says we don't know. It doesn't mean the cash register doesn't know. Because even if, even if the cash register knows, there's no reason why we believe the cash register. Right. In other words, there is a case where two people are standing in front of a cash register, where at that moment the guy behind the cash register can can determine the outcome. But in this case, to go back and ask at the register, there's no, we don't consider that to be a real aidus. Tosfa says that the whole way that's this is all the way Rashi's learning that all of that is really not necessary because the idea over here is we're not trying to have that guy determine anything, the guy behind the cash register. All we're trying to do is to say that there would be a reason why that one wouldn't have to swear. 
That the Gemara never said there's no Nehmanis. We're not trying to determine the outcome. So this is a different issue. And over there, indeed, we could go ahead and ask. We're not, we're not choshesh over there that there's a, a chance that somebody is, uh, is going to be lying. Nobody, certainly, nobody's going to be saying, I paid when they didn't pay. That's not the issue. So the question is, we should ask the guy behind the cash register, who is the one that you were actually planning on selling to? So why don't we say that that is what's happening over here? Now, on that it's talking about, not Tosas Gersay, not Loyadina, but Loyadina. Or he's not there. He doesn't know. I don't, do I you think I look at women? Me? All I see is the hand that puts the money down. I can't identify the party that was the original one. And in, no, and in fact, I mean, they all look the same to me. Hmm? It could be that, or it could be, he says, all the natives look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely hear somebody saying, hmm. "Okay." Says the Gemara. So now we've explained the psychology behind the need for the shul over here. It's clearly, it's only psychological, but we, <coughs> we do know that there is definitely a sheet, sheet of Ben Nanas, who says that we do not apply a shul where we've got somebody who's going to be nishbalashot. So the, the classic case is it's a very tough case. A guy has people working for him. He leaves a message in the makolet. And says to the Balamakolet, look, these guys are working for me. Supply them with whatever they need. And I owe them X amount for food. Comes back at the end of the day. Well, everything okay? No. I wouldn't give us anything. What? Didn't give us a thing. Calls up the Balamakolet. What are they, crazy? I, I gave them everything. So now they're both suing the guy. But he never paid us, the Balamakolet said. The Balamakolet said, I gave him everything. you got to pay me what, you know, what, you made a deal? I certainly don't have any ASIC with the Balamakolet. You told me you trust me to give the Balamakolet. Where's my money? So the halacha over there is, according to Ben Nanas, he says, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Rabbanan say, let them both be nishma. And then they'll take the money. Says Ben, what do you mean? The court's going to make a shvua when clearly somebody is lying? That's crazy. So there can't be a shvua in such a case. The dinner is he has to pay both of them. But we can't apply a shvua. So why over here are we saying that they both have to swear? Says so Oh, that's the Gemara's answer. That's the Gemara's answer. Tosfos says, I mean, it's such an obvious answer. What's the Gemara asking? That's a crazy question. So Tosfos says, it's not a crazy question. Because maybe what bananas means is not, how can we make a shvur that's vada going to be a shvur shav? But maybe he's saying, how do you make two parties who are arguing make shvurs against each other? When, in fact, it might be a shvur shav. But it's all very nice when you're taking something from somebody else or cases like that. To take a shvua, we're over there, that's the party. That's going to take a shvua. Two people making an opposite shvua, we should never do. Maybe that's the shot. No, the, it doesn't have to be a kind of a, a line. No, that's the, it that's, the, that's the end. It still could be. It doesn't have to be, but it still could be. So, so the Gemara, no, indeed, I feel like Ben Nanas. Maybe the point of Ben Nanas is that Bezdin doesn't create a situation where somebody's definitely going to be lying with a shvua. There's no reason for us to assume that necessarily it isn't true what both are saying. Because if they both pick it up together, and each one is saying only that I didn't, I don't own less than half, and that's exactly why we don't say, swear you own the whole thing. So then maybe, they both picked it up together. Both of them are saying, both of them are lying, but neither make the shvua. Now, but, but what about the din of Momen Amuto Basafik Chokin? Sumchas is famous halacha. Your money that's sitting there, we don't know who owns it, split it. Not a word about a shvua. Wouldn't this be a classic example of Momen Amuto Basafik? I mean, so why don't we say, I mean, seems clearly not like Sumchas, not the classic example of Sumchas, 
was the case of and the question over here was there was a child born of the para. we have no idea whether it was aborted because of the attack or whether it had been born before and so since we don't know what to do so we say, okay, so we're chaylik now. If you recall, it went in both directions. The Vlad was part of the attacker. The other case, can you be Tovea from the Vlad? So, but over there, Sumcha said, Cholkin, not a word about a Shvua. So why in this case is there a Shvua? Apparently, our Mishnah is not like Sumchas. Because Dika Sumchas, Amar Mamana Mutam Safakolki, below Shvua. Says, what do you think? How can you say that? So well, you think it's going like the Rabbanon? You honestly think that the two cases are similar? So Elamai, Rabbanon. Obviously, the whole case here has nothing to do with that case. Because if you would say that the Rabbanon, apply the Rabbanon's halach in that case, the Rabbanon say, look, he doesn't have to pay anything. You want me to pay for what you claim damages were caused? Prove that I caused the damages. Otherwise, I'm not giving you a dime. In this case, we're saying Yachloko. If I would say that to you, you'd laugh at me. You'd say, well, obviously, it's not being Moses. He's Moses. In that case, the other guy is Moses. Well, so for heaven's sakes, why do you think it's like Sumchas? We're not like Sumchas. It's irrelevant to Sumchas. It's a completely different case. Because, hi, Mari, what what are you trying to say? I mean, I'm not so stupid. If you're going to at least accept that it goes like Rabbanan, we can make a distinction. It makes it work out over here. And there's a very good reason. Over there, they say that fine, that's because it was born in the Rishus of one of them, right? So you could say that in that case, where you don't both of them have a Tvisa, in this case, where we have two people, Tvisa, at the same time, so we don't have a Motzimichavir. Therefore, the Rabbanan here would be made then. That you're mechalik, but they hold you're mechalik with a shvu. But according to Sumchas, it doesn't work out at all because in that case of Shoshanagakatapara, only one of them is the one that's tofe, and it's the one who's in whose rishus it was born. Nonetheless, Sumchas says over there, since we don't know, so rokim below shvua, and we don't even require a shvua to do a chalukah. So in this case, where both of them have equal rights, we should suddenly demand a shvua. So lo for sure we should be chalik without a shvua. And it says the Gemara Filatemasumchas. It's not true because you can work we can work out a little bit of Sumchas. Ki Amash Sumchas. Where do we say that Mamana Mutub Safik Hokim without a Shua? Only in a case where there is no Taina. So in other words, both people are saying Shema. There's a Shema of a Shema. Nobody really knows. I mean the Balapura is saying, look, I mean, it's possible that maybe actually the Pura aborted because of the attack, and you should have to pay. The Balashar says, Well, it's possible that it's just a coincidence and that it aborted anyway. And therefore, this has nothing to do with me. Do with me. I'm only going to pay for the mother. So we don't know. Therefore, what are we supposed to do? We can't swear about anything. In a case where each one says, I know precisely what happened. Maybe, indeed, in that case, it was never said that they're choking without a shvua. The problem is, of course, that Rabbi Baravuna said that Sumchis said Chokin Afilu in the case of Bari Babari. So now what are you going to say? You say that Ali Rabbi Baravuna, there's a Mishnistam, is Shalok Sumchis. I mean, that, that's very strange that Rabbi Baravuna should have a Sumchis Shalok So Michael Amima, no, says Bari. He will say it still works out like Sumchis. Because Kiyama Sumchis, Ekad Ika Dror de Mamona, Ekad Leka Dror de Mamona, Lo. What exactly Dror de Mamona means is a very big Machlokas. And there's the, the, the most fundamental machlokas about the Rodemon. The Rodemon is a difficult concept. Tosis has a very clear definition of the Rodemon. Tosis, Rodemon means that the issues of ownership flow on their own. In other words, what's happening over here is that the case is a case that is ipso facto. It requires no time. If the court walks in, they immediately say, we've got a problem here. How are we ever going to determine whether it's this guy's or that guy's? What are we going to do? 
whether this guy says something or doesn't say something is irrelevant because he wasn't there. Nobody knows anything. And the judges have exactly the same subject that the other guy does. So Gerard de Mamona is a case that finds Ta'anot irrelevant. That's the point. Therefore, I would say, says Tosus, the issue is over here. Where there's Ika de Robert de Mamona, without any Taina at all, the Bezdin has a suffix. So over there, what does the Shavua have to do with it? Basically, the Balei Din are not involved. This is a theoretical question that arises with or without Balei Din. It makes perfectly good sense that we're not going to ask the Balei Din to make a Shavua in such a case. Because their Shavua and their words, we're not even interested in. Mashenkin over here, the case is coming to court because they have a time. Once they have a time, okay, let's talk about how seriously we should take your time. So there we can apply a shvua for whatever reason. But it makes sense that at least it's applicable. But in a case where it's drawer of Mamona, doesn't make sense that it's applicable at all. This is how Tosis learns. Rashi learns drawer of Mamona means the loss of money. So if one of them pays, he's paying Shalokadin. If the other one takes, I'll be taking Shalokadin. So in, in either case, we've got actual, straight out, Classic problem in the Torah, somebody's taking Shalokitin. Masha Inkin, where you don't have a case of Dora de Mamona, because I'm not asking you to pay anything that isn't yours. So in that case, Hecha de Lecha Dora de Mamona, perhaps over there, lo- what? This is a Kavachomer, it's the other way around. I'm just saying, Vlav Kavachomer. If in a case where Ika, Dora de Mamona Lamar, the Ika Dora de Mamona Lamar, what the Rashi simply means, A is going to be losing money, or B is going to be losing money. Somebody's going to be losing money, right? And furthermore, you could say that the whole thing belongs to somebody. And nonetheless, we're going to be taking away his money. And he's ready to do that without a shvua. Take somebody's money away. The Amar Shavuot, Mamana Mutapas Afek, Chokin, below shvua. So in a case like this, the lekna drawer of Mamana. And furthermore, Rashi will have to say, and furthermore, we could also say that there's no loss here at all. In other words, you can say both of them picked it up together. So you wouldn't say Kula Lamar, you wouldn't say Kula Lamar. So then, in such a case, where Ikilabemir the Tavai, Lokoshikai. I mean, it's perfectly logical. They both picked it up. What's the problem? Split it. Well, you're willing to split it even where people have got a serious issue. You're splitting it where somebody's going to be hit. Shaloka did. Nonetheless, you apply no Shaloka. So here you're going to apply a shvua where it's just reasonable that they both picked it up. No. So this approach is not a very good approach. Say, draw the owners a difference. Says the Gemara, I can still explain. You misunderstand the purpose of the shvua. You're looking at the shvua as having something to do with the strengthening of the taina. If that's the case, you're 100% right. It's ridiculous. It works in the other direction. But that's a misunderstanding. That's not the point of the shvua. The point of the shvua is a tikkun of the social order. That's the point. Because look, without consequences... If we allow presumptive ownership to always be the default position of the moment that the court sees something, then for God's sake, what's to prevent someone from bringing a frivolous suit by taking possession by force? You see somebody walking down the street with something that he likes, grabs it, and the guy says, give that to me. No, you give it to me. Oh, yeah, well, let's go to court. Okay, let's go to court. Walk into court, split it. Thank you. (laughs) That's great. I mean, so uh, there's got to be some consequence to frivolous suits. The only way that we can break that kind of behavior is to force somebody to back up his words. But where the situation is a situation that is created because of an interaction of torts and is obvious a problem to anybody. I mean, over there, there's nothing frivolous at all about this. There's no place for sure. It's very simple. So the, the, the entire problem of trying to make this work out was only a problem where it's part of the taina, or it has nothing to do with the taina, then of course it works out perfectly well according to Sumchus. Afilotema Sumchus. Shvua Zo is entirely a social tikkun. 
It's been Rabbonani, Rabbi Yochanan. The Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Shvu'a zo takanat chachavimi. Shelo yehekol echav yechav. Holech v'tokech betalito shechaviro. V'omer shaliyam. Very simple. You have two people in a store. Somebody says, oh, darn, that's exactly what I bought here. What I wanted to buy. She got the last one. Let me, I'll pay also. What the heck? And then we'll split her. They'll have to give it to me. I mean, what, she got to cut it in half? So the mela, in this case, we make a social tikkun. Okay, so now we have a situation of a mishra where we have presumptive ownership that came out of nowhere. It's a presumptive ownership that is based on your achiza. The din of Yachaloku, in this case, would be mi'ikar adin. You really shouldn't even need a shvur because you have a chazaka. However, in order to avoid the type of situation where people will create a chazaka, despite the fact that they have no right to, the Rabbanan gave a shvur so that if you want a taina, you at least have to be willing to back up what you're going to get. Not back up what you're saying, but back up what you're going to get. And that way it's not a shvur shav because both may well be telling the truth. So we create a shvur that is definitely not necessarily a lie and we make you take it in order for us to do our chalukah. No, not true. How do we know they both didn't pick it up? Well, we do, but they they get only what's in their hands. That's the yachlok. One would be holding only a fourth of it, the other one's holding three quarters. That's the way we would split it, because that's the chazak. It's not just the fact that you're you're holding onto the edges of the garment, as we'll see later on in the Gemara. What defines the chazak? Because if a guy picks it up by the edge, he's not. Yeah, now we're going to we're going to discuss it. Correct, correct. Maybe, but we don't know that that's the case. Perhaps they picked it up at the same time.